jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of Darkness! Hello, mes amis! <laughs> Bonjour! <laughs> Comment ça va? Nous avons retourné! Nous sommes ici! <gasps> Avec euh, un nouvel épisode podcast, eh? Oui. Oh, mais oui. Oh. Oui, oui. Oh. Oh. Nous allons parler d'un film. Un film heureux. Ce n'est pas heureux. Je ne sais pas. Hein? Ok, à bientôt. <rire> <laughs> and then, and then Ooh, the, little, the little French goblin ju- jumps back into his little magic universe hole that he came from. His little striped shirt. Yeah. It's tiny beret. Yeah. He waves the baguette as he goes. <laughs> yeah, little rainbow sparks come out of it. <laughs> yeah, bye-bye. <laughs> I love oh, him. Oh, I love French goblin. Honestly... This show just got so much better thanks to hiring that French goblin to do the introductions. It's really what we needed, right? (laughs) Oh, man alive! Uh, Yeah. Speaking of new things, I did want to mention to people that there are going to be some changes around uh, Final Girl, the website. (gasps) Really? Because I got an email. Now, listen. I've never monetized Final Girl. I've never put any advertisements on it or anything like that. But I got this email and I'm like, I think this is, I think this is the one. So the next time someone logs on to Final Girl, if I have written anything new at some point in the future, uh, there might be some changes. So I just wanted to give people a heads up. If you do indeed ever go back to the website. Exactly. <laughs> there might be. Okay. Okay. Wait, okay. this is the one? This is the one, I think. Well, I think you'll agree. If I you... mean, we got our hopes up for Spambot and Casino. Oh, no, this is, well, this is about the blog. This is not about my love life. Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, and, and then obviously we can't talk about the Illuminati stuff. The, no, this has to do with blog content. Right, right, okay, okay. The email says, Hi, it is so nice to have this chance to enjoy reading your blog. We send the email because we sincerely invite you to cooperate with us for a post. We are a manufacturer of Rubik's Cube toys and hope to post related blogs on your blog. You write a three to five hundred word article with links about our products and post it on your blog and social website for permanent. Waiting for your positive reply. And that's it. And so, obviously, I'm going to do this. They don't say anything about getting paid or anything. 
Well, I mean, exposure is enough, honestly. So if every post in the future has some reference to a Rubik's Cube toy, not necessarily a Rubik's Cube, but a Rubik's Cube toy. Right, 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 right. I just wanted people to know. So when I go on there and I'm scrolling through and I'm reading about uh, the significance of, of Korean feminism in this horror film, and then I get confused because it digresses into a Rubik's Cube advertisement... 500 words about a Rubik's Cube. Hey, you guys, have you tried moving colors on a cube? You know, feminism in Korea is a lot like a Rubik's Cube. Like, (laughs) sometimes you feel like there's progress, but then sometimes there's a wrong turn. (laughs) Sometimes you can't get all the colors to line up. And things don't line up. And what, what do you do? Do you just take all the stickers off? And then put them on, and then somewhere deep inside, you know you cheated. But also, you look at that cube with all the sides that are in solid colors, finally at last. And even though you don't deserve to feel pride, you find that you do. Anyway, Whispering Corridors 5. <laughs> I'm glad that you have the same uh, text-to-speech reader that I have. Yes! She's something. She's really lovely. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, granted, it would be much easier for me to do this when I'm writing about one of the Hellraiser movies. Yes. Because I'd be like, what if the Lamentation thing was a Rubik's Cube? (laughs) <laughs> and then you just attach your links. And then I attach the links and, and for permanent. And uh, yeah. see what happens. So. Butterball wants you to go to Amazon <laughs> to purchase this Rubik's Cube. That's right. That's right. You can pretend it's a, uh, the Hellraiser box. <laughs> if you want to. That's your business. Anyway. Would I... the, writing qu- the writing quality would not dip, obviously. <laughs> It stays just as strong as it's been. Just as strong and relevant as it's always been. Yes, I mean, like, what, I mean, is it any less relevant, you know, to talk about Rubik's Cubes versus, like, 70s game shows? You know what I mean? Like, I'll work that into a review of the dorm (laughs) that dripped blood. I could work in a Rubik's Cube. We all know how my metaphors are. Unwieldy, nonsensical, uh, but I love them. So <laughs> I'll just compare everything to a Rubik's cube. So I was gonna say, did they even read your blog to ask you such a question? However, now I feel yes, they did. And they said <laughs> yeah. she is our people. <laughs> yeah, it's none of my business whether they did or didn't. I mean, even just hearing your, your well, you know, the text-to-speech bot's description of <laughs> what you wrote in that sample post. Yeah. I mean, that was, like, so... I, I'm surprised that hasn't already been optioned by the Love, Simon people. <laughs> I mean, I'd also, I don't want to pop my collar or anything, but obviously this is a great deal for the Rubik's Cube toy makers. It is. It's mutually beneficial. So I am so excited for you and... And if, honestly, if it gets you to do anything on Final Girl, I would be grateful. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Well, I mean, it's hard. 
That's all. <laughs> that's my excuse. Silence. <laughs> that's my excuse. It's hard. Well, it's one thing when you like. It's like I don't get paid for it. Obviously, that's true. Um, and sometimes I also just find a gr- and plus we have the podcast. You're also a podcaster and a columnist. Yeah, and an artiste. I, and so sometimes I do. I like to watch movies and not tell anybody about it. Do you feel like you're getting away with something? A little bit. It's kind of like when I take the stickers off of a Rubik's Cube. (laughs) (laughs) And I rearrange them so I have solved the Rubik's Cube. And then I just put the Rubik's Cube on my table and someone comes in and they're like, oh my God, did you solve that? And I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. You put your finger to your lips and smile. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's for me to know and you to find out. And they're like, I tried to find out. I just asked. And I'm like, well... (laughs) (laughs) I'll be right back. And then I throw down a smoke capsule. I disappear. They're standing in my living room and I go to bed. Oh, you don't, you don't leave your apartment. You just go to the other room while the smoke capsule goes off. (laughs) Yeah, I just go in the other room again and go to bed. Wow. And then they just uh, stand in the room as the smoke dissipates and see themselves out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's the plan. So cool, Stacy. <laughs> I love that you have smoke capsules on hand, ready to go. I mean, we all should, right? It's like, but it's so useful, right? Think about it. it's like turning into the thing. How many situations could you get out of if you had just had smoke capsules in your pocket? You say you embarrass yourself at the deli, right? Throw down a smoke capsule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's brilliant. You're out of there. And they're like, ma'am, you're ham. But I'm gone. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, I don't know. That woman, like, farted. And then there was a big cloud of smoke. And now she's gone. (laughs) Farting is always my go-to embarrassing thing, I guess. Right? It's embarrassing, right? (laughs) But doesn't someone believe, would someone infer that the smoke capsule and the fart are related? If we, the, the sound is issued and then the next thing is a giant cloud. Honestly, none of my business because they're still at the deli. I'm in the bread aisle browsing the breads. <laughs> you just, once again, you don't leave the premises. You just go around a corner or a partition. Sure. Well, what am I going to do? Drive all the way home and then drive all the way back to the store? I'm there to shop. <laughs> Yeah, it's not as effective if they see you going out to the parking lot and trying to find the car. <laughs> yeah, well, there she goes. And then someone comes out, they're like, you're ham! <laughs> you forgot just, your ham! She is so concerned for your ham. She really is. It's good her. customer service. It is. You should give them a good review. Yeah. On Yelp. <laughs> on Yelp. Anyway. So, huh. horror movies. Horror <laughs> movies. Well, maybe Something smoke- we're not talking about. Yeah, maybe a smoke capsule company will send me an offer to write about them, too. Final Girl, sponsored Final girl. by Rubik's Cubes and Smoke Capsules. <laughs> oh, sounds like the dream. You're just a, a one-woman joke shop. I, I uh, yeah, I am all the shit you could order on the back of a comic book. Really? Like, but if we... Th- 
if we think about the 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 horcruxes if you will of stacy ponder right it's 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 smoke capsules rubik's cubes <laughs> eyebrow wigs uh disguises on top of eyebrow wigs yeah. oh my god I'm you just are a- you I'm- are the gift you are the gag gift shop in hairspray <laughs> like, oh my god or peewee's big adventure yeah. Mar- i'm mario's magic shop hmm <laughs> All those people who thought I was briefcase woman. No, no, I'm a magic shop. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy! Wow. Anyway, as the French goblin uh, told us, we are here to talk about a movie. Yes, we oui, we oui, I should say we oui, we. Oui. Uh, this movie. This was Anthony's first time. I'm with this still movie. in shock. I, I'm still in shock, and it was not my first time with this movie. This movie, this is the, and I realize that we've said that non-horror, horror week month week has been, horror adjacent. Adjacent. Has been a very stressful time. It this has movie, been. This movie we're going to talk about today is the most stress-inducing movie I have ever seen. <laughs> Even... Uh, this is not my first viewing, and I still feel this way about it. Uh, yeah. It is so stress-inducing that I considered turning it off and saying, well, if I remember the movie, that'll be good enough for the podcast. I almost couldn't, like, continue to sit through it. It's... I'm interested to hear you say that because I loved it. Um, I loved the experience of watching it. Uh, it was vastly, vastly unsettling and stressful. And uh, confrontational with its images, <laughs> the, the things I was seeing happening. Um, and I actually also found myself saying, can I actually watch all of this movie? Because after a while, you realize it's not a movie. It's just it's just cameras pointed at people being idiots. When we were discussing a list of movies to cover for this, I kept telling you this was a documentary because having it, it's been a couple of years since I've seen this. In my brain, it, the fiction and nonfiction got conflated because this movie basically is a documentary. Like, yeah. there's, there's like no plot to this movie. There's like, as a movie, it is an abject, total, and complete failure. It's been called the world's most expensive home movie. <laughs> yeah. Which fully, fully tracks. Uh, it is just... I have to keep telling myself as I'm watching, especially early on in this movie, I have to keep reminding myself that I'm not going to see anybody die. Yes. Having seen it already, I know no one is going to die. But you're seeing so many situations where everyone is just asking to die. And you see... Oh my god, this movie is nuts! It is, as the French goblin might say, un film coucou! (laughs) 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 The film is Roar! Uh, Of course, it came out in 1981, one of horror's greatest years, because while this is billed as an adventure comedy... What the fuck?! This is an actual fucking horror movie. It is insane. What is funny about this movie? There's nothing funny about how, this movie. At how all. is it listed as a comedy? 
<laughs> get it. Adventure, I kind of get if Adventure is standing in a house and being attacked by lions for two hours. <laughs> but there's no comedy whatsoever. No, I guess we're supposed to laugh at the lions attacking people. Like, actually biting people. And, like, blood shooting everywhere. <laughs> there's blood all over the place. You guys, this movie's hard to find. Alamo Drafthouse bought the rights to it and put it out on Blu-ray. And it is available through the Alamo Drafthouse streaming service, which I didn't know existed. Humanity needs to be stopped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've gone too far. But that's why it's only available for streaming there, because Alamo Drafthouse owns the rights to this movie. Yeah, apparently this never got a theatrical release in the United States until 2015 when Alamo re-released it. And that's when we had it at the... They did a whole roadshow of it, and that's when the Hollywood had it, and I missed it, and I wanted to see it so bad, because it it played for like a month, and everyone was losing their minds over this wacky-ass movie. And now I see why. It's actually insane. It's fully, 100% fully bonkers. Um, You get to watch actors try to deliver lines while being attacked by lions and tigers and all kinds of big cats. You get to watch actors be actually terrified. Actually mauled. <laughs> actually mauled. There is, like, the house gets destroyed by these animals. There is blood all over the place. Like, literally, people covered in blood, in their own <laughs> blood. Like, there's a, that, that shot when the three guys show up to Scientist's house, and then immediately the tigers are and lions and everything's just... And then it's just... You see the three of them just dripping, like Sarah in the descent, but real blood. every All of their blood. And then there's Togar, the lion, who is spends the entire movie just red. Just drenched in the blood of the masses. This movie is supposed to be... It's supposed to take place in Africa. Noel Marshall who wrote this, directed it, this is his brainchild, uh, plays Hank, who's some kind of a scienceologist. <laughs> That's the legal term <laughs> yeah. for what he does, yes. He's gotten grants to study big cats, and so that's what he's doing by just living amongst dozens of big cats. Uh, he has invited his family, his wife, Tippi Hedren, daughter... Stepdaughter, Melanie Griffiths. That's right, his, two out of the three mothers. Uh, his sons. He's invited them to come to be with him at this place. Meanwhile, there are some evil people who are like, no, the cats are bad and we want to kill them. And, like, that's the plot of the movie. That's literally the entire plot. There's, like, there's like four scenes where people talk about that, and that's the entire plot. The rest is just cameras pointed at people trying to pretend they're in a movie (laughs) as they're viciously attacked. Yeah, Hank is not home when his family arrives. And so there's like a half an hour of his family being terrorized by these big cats. And it is a horror movie. It is every zombie movie. It is every home invasion movie you've ever seen. It's all staged and shot and presented like a horror movie. I'm like, is this supposed to be funny? You're calling this a comedy. What is the tone? It's all over the place. By the time you, I mean, not to jump ahead, but by the time you get to the ending and everyone's like, oh, 
they're happy. They're really friendly. (laughs) Now everyone's happy and they're born free. (laughs) I'm like, but you just showed me you crying and screaming and getting scalped for two hours. (laughs) Yeah clothes are torn like there'll be a shot of somebody and you see that their fucking the arm is like ripped open on their shirt oh my god hank is constantly yelling like remember don't run uh don't swim remember you're not supposed to swim like yelling all these things because people are trying to get away from the big cats and the cats are like yay this is playtime lion like your house cat can fuck you up if it chooses to yes never mind dozens of lions and tigers and panthers and cheetahs and leopards and everything and And jaguars jaguars throw a few elephants into the mix because why not i never in my life ever thought i would have seen tippy hedron attacked by an elephant (laughs) (laughs) and now i can say i've seen that It is just, it's insane. It is so misguided. I think I conflated it because it's with a documentary because I'm like, this movie is basically Grizzly Man, but with more people. I wrote exactly that. Perfect companion film with Grizzly Man. Yeah. The misguided kind of like, oh no, the animals are just our friends. And if we just integrate ourselves with the pride... It'll be cool. (laughs) No, that's not how it works. (laughs) They want to eat you. (laughs) They want to eat you. And even when they are actually just playing, they are so large and so tough that they can play with each other and it would kill you. Yes. There's one shot where you can see the animal... It starts to do that cat thing. I think it's Gary. You know, Robbie's son, Gary. Robbie's son, Gary. Gary is fucking adorable. So cute. But he, like, latches onto somebody and he starts to do that cat thing with the back feet where they grab on and they start kicking with the And they kick you, yeah. He starts to do that and I'm just like, it it you get so nervous because it just, it's all impending disaster. This entire movie. That's how someone gets gutted. Yeah, like my <laughs> that's, that's going to do. That's going to shred up my arm, and then I'm going to take a shower, and I'm going to go, ow, ooh, ow, I forgot that I got clawed there. But like in this, this is this fucking Jurassic Park. That's a fucking velociraptor <laughs> ripping your stomach open. Cats and dogs play by practicing how to kill. Yeah. Like, that's how they play. And it's one thing when it's your house cat, and you're like, oh, fuck, you really fucked me up, hot Coco. R.I.P. Hot Coco. R.I.P. Queen. Um, but it's another when it's a lion covered in blood or when all the cats come into the house with their fresh kill. There's just zebra bits everywhere. Zebra bits and the entire, it looks like the fucking elevator from the Shining trailer. Like you just, there's blood everywhere. Blood everywhere. And you know, it's, you know, it's not good when the fucking tigers and lions and whatever, when they're slipping on the blood. Because there's that much blood? (laughs) It is not anywhere you want to be. No. As an actor, as the person holding the camera, as anybody. As, like, these animals also, we should stress that it opens with a disclaimer, if I may. 
I loved this. We get a disclaimer that says, since the choice was made to use untrained animals, and since for the most part they chose to do as they wished, it's only fair that they share the writing and directing credits. (laughs) These are untrained big cats. Literally. And when you have them all fighting over the food that is strewn about the house, and you are little Melanie Griffith having to hide from them, it's just like, what the fuck are you people like this is the most reckless movie i know tom cruise has like strapped himself to fucking rocket ships or whatever this (laughs) is the most (laughs) he's five feet tall that's funny (laughs) (laughs) bye-bye and then it just explodes yeah reckless film ever made complete disregard for anyone's safety absolutely and the fact that they continued to do that over the three years it took to film oh my god 11 years in production like they continued to make these choices (laughs) the injuries oh my god i normally don't do this but I think they should just be read straight off of the Wikipedia because to properly convey what happened on this set. There's one in particular that I lost my shit. <laughs> Go well, and it should be stated too that in addition to the 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 nice co-authorship credit for the animals and not the family that was almost brutally murdered by the director, <laughs> their dad. Um, this also does include a nice humane society seal saying is with great pride that we can say none of the animals were injured. And I do appreciate that, but that does not apply to any of the cast or crew. Exactly. And that's why, again, the parallels with Grizzly Man of like, yes, this is well-intentioned in a way like they want it, you know, Tippy Hedren and Noel Marshall wanted to draw attention to the plight of the big cats and... We need to respect these animals and the whole, you know, it's a very Hakuna Matata, whatever, message of like, live and let live and we should treasure these animals. But this is not how to go about that. It's it's good (laughs) intentions, but good intentions don't exist in the animal kingdom. Exactly. So, because morality is a human thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So injuries. Bear with me while I just read things. I know that's... Oh, please regale us. Due to the large number of untrained animals on set, there were reported 48 injuries within two years of the start of filming. It has been estimated that of Roar's 140-person crew, at least 70 were injured during production. In a 2015 interview, John Marshall said that he believed the number of people injured was over 100. Noel Marshall was bitten through the hand when he interacted with male lions during a fight scene. Doctors, You see this in the beginning of the movie, so sorry. Yeah, you see this actually happen in the movie. Um, Early on, you notice he has a bandage on his hand and there's blood leaking through. Then there's continuity issues, and he doesn't have the bandage, but you see him basically get attacked and that's when he gets bitten and there's fucking blood all over the place. And then he's trying to put the bandage on, but the lions are like stepping on the bandage. It's just... And my 
heart begins to race and my blood pressure shoots up and I say, why am I watching this? Yeah, and then they try eating the bloody bandage as it's on him. And then they, they start, yeah, they like start sniffing his hand and it's just like, what? Oh my God, people. Okay. Doctors initially feared that he might lose his arm. Oh. By the time he suffered eight puncture wounds on his leg caused by a lion which was curious about his anti-reflection makeup, he had already been bitten around 11 times. He was hospitalized when his face and chest were injured and was diagnosed with blood poisoning. That's like cat scratch fever, but from a fucking lion. Mm -hmm. He was also diagnosed with gangrene after being attacked (gasps) many times. It took him several years to fully recover from his injuries. During a promo shoot, Tippi Hedren was bitten in the head by a lion whose teeth scraped against her skull. She was taken to the hospital where her wounds were treated and she was given a tetanus shot. She was admitted to the hospital after Tembo, the five-ton elephant, picked her up and fractured her ankle with his trunk before bucking her off his back. She said that he had been trying to keep her from falling and was not at fault. <laughs> she, she's very sweet. She's very sweet. She was left with phlebitis and gangrene, in addition to a fractured hand and abrasion on her legs. Oh my god. Uh, Hedron was also scratched on the arm by a leopard and bitten on the chest by a cougar. Melanie Griffith received 50 stitches after being attacked by a lioness. It was feared that she would lose an eye... But she eventually recovered without being disfigured, although she did require some facial reconstruction. Now, was that from that scene that really scared me, where I thought I was going to watch Melanie Griffith die, even though I knew she was, in fact, still alive? Where she's, like, on the floor, and the lines are on top of her, and she's screaming and crying? She's, like, screaming and crying for her family to help her while her dad just, or stepfather or whoever, just keeps filming it? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I think that, I mean, I would assume that's the one. Uh, a lion jumped on John Marshall and bit the back of his head, inflicting a wound that required 56 stitches. Jerry Marshall was bitten in the thigh by a lion while he was in a cage on set, and he was in the hospital alongside Hedron for a month. Most members of the crew were injured, including Jan de Bont, who is the cinematographer on this movie, Jan de Bont. Uh, he was scalped! Oh! By a lion while he was filming, he received 220 stitches, but resumed his duties after recovering. Can you believe that? He just, he was fucking scalped. (laughs) Jan Dupont, the director of Speed and Twister, (laughs) was scalped by a lion and then went back to set. I can't believe he went back to set. Scalped. Scalped. That's like what happens in Maniac, but it's a lion. (laughs) Ripped your head off, literally. Mm. Your face head, skin face head, skin. Adjacent. (laughs) Adjacent. (laughs) My God. Togar, one of the lead lions, bit assistant director Doron Cowper in the throat and jaw and tried to pull off one of his ears after Cowper unintentionally cued an attack. He also received injuries to his scalp, chest, and thigh and was admitted to the hospital where he had to undergo four and a half hours of surgery. Uh, After witnessing the attacks, 20 crew members left the set en masse. Turnover was high and many did not want to return. You fucking think? (laughs) (laughs) Like, 
of this in the movie for the most part in terms of what's happening to the family yeah but even just you can see, like so i guess he also because I, I i i can google i can hack too stacy oh, I, wow. I hacked that wikipedia page too nice and i mean they're talking about how they just decided to film it documentary style because they realized that they just had to catch whatever they could catch from the lions and the tigers and the jaguars and the panthers oh my as they were filming it so you literally like what what they put together over i don't know why they spent 11 years in production but what they put together in the cutting room is just just everyone trying like you said trying to deliver their dialogue while jumping out of the way of active maulers coming for them and like the like seeing that in the actors, like seeing Melanie Griffith crying and screaming for help or whatever. Or it really comes through with the actor that play he's kinda he's like the Africa African like liaison. Mativo. To, to, yeah. Yes, Mativo. He's like working with Dr. Hank, uh, aka Noel Marshall, the director. And all of his scenes are just him like being like trying to get away from all of the animals as they're almost they're just like trying to brutally murder him <laughs> i guess that's the comedy right is like he'll be standing there and hank will be like come on let's play chase and mativo is like no i'm afraid of these you can yeah. do that i'm going to stay here and i guess we're supposed to find that uproariously funny but it comes across as legitimately a man who is terrified yeah. As I am terrified for him. Yeah. And he's the only one in this movie with any fucking common sense because he's like, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, he's the only character. There's like the other two. I mean, there's the other, the evil grant makers or whatever who are like, <laughs> we give you a grant, but we're going to shoot the animals. <laughs> but like, they're playing the villains. Right. Meanwhile, Mati- then there's the family that's just like, oh, our dad is forcing us to be on camera and being mauled. And then there's Mativo, who's just like, I don't want to sit on this staircase in front of all these lions that are violently attacking each other and roaring at the top of their lungs. I... Like, they'll, the little marshal will be like, come on, sit down. I wish I could do his, come on, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> this voice that only Tippy Hedren could love. <laughs> and he, they're sitting on the stairs. These lions just start, and just like claws flying everywhere. Mativo immediately jumps and stands away. And then Noel's like, "No, come back, sit down, sit down. They're friendly." And would you ever sit anywhere with a lion with your back to a lion a behind you? Like I just. For a shitty fucking movie? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking A! Like, I know it was still some time off, but look at Siegfried and Roy. Right? And their animals Uh were supposed to be trained. These are untrained animals. This is, I was thinking about, yeah, Siegfried and Roy is a great thing to bring up. I mean, they had been working with them for, what, 30, 40 years when that happened. Yeah. Uh... I was thinking of, um, you know, even even the woman that had the pet chimpanzee and it ripped her face off. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just you don't you don't fuck with you don't fuck with these animals. <laughs> and I say that as someone who loves them. Of course, you can love them and not fuck with them. You need it's the the, the thing is is that it's like. It's supposed to be so, oh, we need to respect these animals. But there's a lack of respect for what these animals 
are and what they are capable of. And they are... Killing. (laughs) Killing! And they are putting... While it's a respect for the animal, you are, like, equating them to humans? And I don't mean that in terms of, like, worth or value. I mean in terms of intention and morality and all of these things. And it's like... Yes. It's a lack of respect for these animals that you're trying to save. Yes. They don't exist. We do, we don't these animals don't live in a world where we coexist with them. No. <laughs> like... No. We when a lion sees us, they see a big cartoon ham. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> and that woman runs out and from that the woman... <laughs> <laughs> Man, when they see her, they see two hams. <laughs> but like in a cartoon when someone is so hungry and they visualize their best friend as like a roast turkey that's how big cats and little cats see you yes well and that's i think i mean that's when we get to the core problem with the human animal relationship and when we fail to coexist the root problem almost always is when we try to i mean i I, when we aren't just violently murdering them the root problem is is trying to enforce a human system of ethics or worldview on an animal, which doesn't yeah. have that. Yeah. And this, I mean, this even extends to our pets. Sure. Like, they are animal. They are different. You have to understand them on their terms, not on our terms. Mm-hmm. I don't get, don't turn your back on a lion and don't turn your back on the Grand Canyon. These are two <laughs> lessons in life. <laughs> She'll sneak up on you. <laughs> She'll snap big Oh, we'll sneak up on you. <laughs> There's our that's our Pride 2022 Pride 2022 banner. Find our merch at Target. <laughs> that big hole. Sneak up on you. Just a hole. Yeah. Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> that big hole. Sneak up on you. Next thing you know, Mary Unfaithful starts playing. <laughs> You're flying over the edge. <laughs> I love that we did like, so much shit about Thelma and Louise, and then like literally the same day, the internet became aware of the crash test dummy casts. Of yeah. <laughs> and I love that they both look like they've been huffing paint. It's just so good. Yeah. They look like cart like cartoon explosions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And their faces yeah. do the expression. It's yeah. So good. Um, 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 it's a healthy respect. You have to have a healthy respect for nature on nature's own terms. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. And thing. that's the thing. That's did we not learn this from Grizzly Man, from Werner, Werner Herzog's incredible documentary re-editing those that man's home video, another home video gone wrong, home movie gone wrong. Uh, did we not learn the folly of trying to relate to these animals? Through a, a, a people uh, view. <laughs> yeah. They're not your pals. No. You can love them and care for them and respect them and fight for them. But you can't people with them. You can't just have a house full of lions and think it's cool. Which is how we got to this movie. Because Tippi Hedren, I mean, a, an angel, a queen, a saint. Absolutely. One of the three mothers. Love her. Um, Tippi Hedren and Noel Marshall, originally they started saving animals and like rescuing animals from zoos and stuff and, ju- and lions and just keeping them in their house in Sherman Oaks. 
<laughs> Which is cool. It's a miracle no one has died. From how this. how is this family still alive? Yeah. Uh, then they then they built this like other house, which I guess was that the house that they used in the film. Yeah, this it wasn't, it this wasn't was, really Africa. No, like some st- like the stuff where he's riding his motorcycle alongside the giraffes. Even those scenes where I'm like, I understand this is supposed to, this is like seventies man who's free and one with the earth. And I'm like, stop terrorizing the giraffes by driving your motorcycle next to them. They don't ever need to know what that thing is. They don't like that noise. I'm sure. No. Leave them alone leave them alone so but anyway that stuff was filmed in africa kenya maybe um but the house and all of that was a set that they built in california and i have to say it's a pretty good facsimile of you know it look it doesn't look like california no no it fully i mean they have a lagoon <laughs> out front and it looks very not california um but it's just so wild that then they, they somehow convinced themselves they were going to do this. They I guess they were trying to get Jack Nicholson to play Hank. <laughs> but then he said, this is too crazy for even me. <laughs> yeah. And then they just, they all decided to do it together and Noel directed it. And then reading about how he, how he was so reckless, not only with the animals and, and filming the movie, but with his own family. Poor, they had a safe word that they were supposed to say, that they would say whenever they got too uncomfortable on set. But, like, when Melanie would say the safe word, he would just keep filming. And then I just think of that scene where she's laying there crying and screaming, and the lioness is just, like, pawing at her head. Oh, God. And those shots of, like, pulling her hair back. Just, like, all of that. And and thinking that, like, she's actually asking for help, and he's just still filming it. It's fucked up! That's when you have to remind yourself that no one is going to die. Yes! Yes! Even though, for all intents and purposes, they so easily could have. It's incredible that a human being did not... How is Jan de Bont still here? I know. <sighs> Butterfly effect. Would we have speed? <laughs> Today? Where would Sandra Bullock be if Jan <gasps> de Bont scalp... If his new scalp didn't take or whatever, and he died? Oh my god, we wouldn't have Sandra Bullock. That's right. Hillary Clinton would be president, but we wouldn't have Sandra Bullock. <laughs> Princess Diana's still alive, but we never had the Beanie Baby. (laughs) Maybe I would have a Rubik's Cube blog. (laughs) And some random horror company is like, if you write review and put permanent on site. (laughs) And I'll be like, how the fuck am I supposed to work I spit on your grave into my Rubik's Cube essay? Yeah, I like that it works one way, but not the other way. It really does, right? <laughs> it's true. Oh, boy. It's so fucking nuts. Yeah. And then I guess Noel Marshall and Tippy, they she divorced him after this. Yeah. Thank God. Good call. Good call. Oh, the man that tried to kill your family for 10 years <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> might not have been the best family man to have around. Yeah. It is just, it is something to be seen right like i mean it is the ninth wonder absolutely yeah yeah because what number eight is the hole grand canyon (laughs) the big hole and then nine is uh, roar Roar. 1981 yeah number 10 is a rubik's cube (laughs) see i'm 
I gotta practice. You really, you're, yeah, it's working. I gotta work it in. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll hook up with us also, not just Final Girl, but if I could be like, hey, I have this podcast. Use code Deborah Hill for 10% off your cube. That's right. You can pretend it's a cube like the movie Cube or the Hellraiser Cube. Yeah. During Pride. Oh, uh, no. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. It was going to be a discount on the big hole. But I, it just, I shouldn't have opened my mouth because it wasn't going to work. <laughs> Um, anyway, this, 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 so this movie is nuts. I will say, I don't know what they were trying. I understand they're trying to make a movie about like, it's environmentalist. It's conservationist. It's like, we care about animals. And I get that. I don't know how much that comes through when you just show a family being terrorized for two hours. (laughs) It really had the opposite effect. It really does. But... At the same time, being just, like, such an animal lover, uh, I, I wept so many times <laughs> just, like, seeing the sheer beauty of these beasts um, and seeing so much of, like, my tiny little cats in them and understanding, like, oh, my God, they're just big kitties, but they're, like, giant big kitties that it can literally destroy you. Uh, I, I just loved that. But it, I mean, I spent the first five minutes of the movie just crying in awe. And then I, and then it turned to sheer gimme shelter, despair and terror. <laughs> but, yeah. It's a beautiful film. I mean, Yandabon knows what he's doing. Yeah, it's incredible. But I mean, what a sight to behold. You just, it's, it's like a theme park ride of a movie. It's like a Rubik's Cube. Oh, a cube. <laughs> you never know. It's full of twists and turns. <laughs> Yeah, that's all I got. Well, <laughs> with all of that said, Stacy, are you ready to uh, back away from the lion and place your back to the uh, heads they are <laughs> wow. on, on our shopping block? Uh, I think so, sure. Do you need a wordsmith to copy edit your I think, blog? I think. <laughs> Right, the chopping block. Here we are once again, not covered in lions. Uh, the chopping block is our question and answer game here on Gay Lords of Darkness, in which we present each other with three categories of horror movie trivia. We choose our category, and then we are presented with five questions that we have ten seconds to answer. Unless one of us calls out, I want the wig. In which case, Jan de Bont's scalp from the Thank 1981 you. film Roar. <laughs> I was hoping you would say that. <laughs> Yandaban's scalp descends from uh, Africa, California, and materializes on your head, confusing our non-binary executioner, the head's day. And that affords you an extra 10 seconds to answer just that one question. If you get anything wrong, you are dead. You're donezo. But if you get everything right, then congratulations. You have a scalp. Yay! Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Great. Don't ask me anything about who goes first or whatever, because I don't know and I don't care. <laughs> well, in that case, <laughs> I'm longing for the young. I want the Yondabont scalp look myself. Okay. 
So I will. Oh, wait. No, that would mean I go first. No, I'm going to ask you first. Oh, all right. Because I, I still have these deep discount categories. Oh, me too. I'm still doing deep discount Palooza, and I just want to see these gone. So I am going to give you your three old categories. Great. Great. All right. Category old. Shit came from outer space. This, these are trivia questions all about, you know, less successful attempts at alien horror oh films. Uh, your next old category is you're all going to die down here. And these are about characters that die in like, you know, underground, underwater, subterranean sequences Ooh. in horror films. Uh, for these, I, I give you a description of the death and the character and you just have to tell me the actor or the character. Okay. And what movie that was in. Oh. So who died and in what film? Okay. And then your third old deep discount category is The Red Shoes, S-H-U-E-S, which is all about horror movies starring Academy Award-nominated actress Elizabeth Shue. And I don't think you need to know these the films that she was in necessarily to get any of these. So Shue Even though those are the answers, I don't need to know them? Okay. I, no, I think I think you could still get like there's ways of going around like they're like I I talk about the film but then I'm like but who does that remind you of? <laughs> it's it's a bridge it's a it's a bridge to an answer. The answers aren't as about the films themselves, but the question does this make sense? This makes no sense. I'll tell you one thing: I'm not fucking picking that category. Your categories are. <laughs> <laughs> shit came from outer space you're all going to die down here or the red shoes s-h-u-e-s that you won't pick uh subterranea mania <laughs> that is a better title thank you look <laughs> to that one okay so remember i'm gonna describe like what happens and then you just say the character or the actor you just tell me who dies and in what movie that oh makes sense. Boy. Sure. I think you're gonna get all these. Yeah, we'll I, I believe in you. I think you're gonna get all these. All right. You're all going to die down here, subterranean mania. Question one. While spelunking with some friends, she falls for some phosphorus and becomes the first to die. Uh oh, Holly in the descent. Ding 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 ding. Oh, Holly. Oh. Holly. <laughs> Number two. She's bitten. She's bisexual. And we thought she was going to make it before she took a turn for the worse on that train. What? Uh, I want the scalp. It's <laughs> 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 a train. Underground. <laughs> Sandra Bullock in Speed 3. <laughs> She's bitten <laughs> on a train underground. That's a subway. Bisexual. What? Michelle Rodriguez in Resident Evil. Yes. Okay. <laughs> You're about 20 seconds over, but I'm going to give it to you. No, because... don't give it to me. I just, I'm no. glad I got there. No, you're going to get it. You're going to get it because you have given me at least 30 seconds over on the, this entire run of Deep Discount Chopping Block. And that question, it just doesn't make, this is something I wrote like when we first started the Chopping Block, so I didn't know how to write questions yet. 
So, so she's bisexual. I'm thinking the character is bisexual. That's the problem. That's what I'm realizing is like, well, she, the character is bitten versus she, her, the actor is bisexual. Is she? Okay. Is she? Or did she just make out with Kristana Loken on Hawaii? No, do I think she's, I think she's, well, whatever. Oh, you're saying she's gay and not bi. Yeah, despite her Mitchy likes sausage. Oh. I mean, what is... Uh, okay. She's like every gay kid in 1995. Yeah. I'm bisexual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you are, snagglepuss. Uh, okay, <laughs> number three. We're moving forward. I'm advancing you. Okay. Number three. Talk about gay. We all learned that jellyfish don't recognize royalty after they stung her to death at the bottom of the sea. What? Jellyfish? I need another scalp. <laughs> you do have a Karen Huger wig. Uh, sure. Okay, uh, there we go. Um, uh, why did I take, why did I use that? I don't have any idea. Is this Sharon Stone and Sphere? <laughs> <laughs> Is this Jamie Lee Curtis and Virus? Is this Betty White in Lake Placid? <laughs> Who goes to the bottom of the ocean? Kristen Your Karen Stewart Huger wig in, is still active, I've decided. Kristen Stewart in uh, Underwater. Oh! Bad lady in the abyss. Um, Gay royalty? When was Moonbeal in a movie? <laughs> uh, gay? Who's gay? Oh, Jodie Foster. <laughs> what? In, Panic Room 2 Underwater Room? Yes! No, the flight plan, except it's a boat this time. Is that the title of flight yes. plan? Yes. Except it's a boat this time? <laughs> it's the title of flight plan 2. Colon, except it's a boat this time. Sandra Bullock is driving the boat. <laughs> yes. Gay royalty. Martina Navratilova. You're in a minute and 23 seconds. Who's gay royalty? <laughs> you already named the movie. I did? Just not the person. <laughs> I named the movie? Oh. Yeah, water. <laughs> Jodie Foster in Flight Plan 3, Watership <laughs> Down, this time it's a boat. <laughs> Directed by Jan de Bonskel. I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> the Karen Huger wig has deactivated after yeah. two minutes. I'm yep. so sorry, you're dead. I don't know what's happening. Where am I? It's the answer was Queen Latifah <gasps> in Sphere. Oh, I forgot she was in that. Queen Latifah and Sphere. Sharon Stone and Sphere was the first one you said. Sharon Stone, however, lives at, till the end of the film. I don't remember anything about that movie, clearly. It's terrible, but I've been wanting to watch it so bad for like the last 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> Someday, maybe your dream will come true. Yeah, maybe one day I'll just come watch it. Boy, I, that, that was so stressful, kind of. I'm so sorry. Was it as stressful as watching all these films we've watched this month? It was as stressful as trying to do a hundred Rubik's Cubes at once. (laughs) How's that content coming? (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, it's your turn. Oh, yay. Congratulations on having a turn. <laughs> uh, your categories are old. We're getting rid of them. Uh, I don't know how I feel about these categories, but it's not for me to decide. Okay. Category one, 112 Ocean Avenue. In this category, I... Uh, well, I give you the name of an object and you tell me which Amityville movie said object hails from. <gasps> oh! Category two is If I Could Be Her for Just One Day. This category is all about movies that have characters that are named the same name as <laughs> in another movie. <laughs> Oh boy. I give you the name, the title of two films. You tell me the character name that the two films have in common. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Yes, and, yes, yes. Okay. And category three, name where that tune came from, where I give you the title of a track from a horror movie score. You tell me the horror movie that it comes from. The song, the, the song titles all point to the movie in question. So, your categories are 112 Ocean Avenue, If I Could Be Her For Just One Day, and Name Where That Tune Came From. Oh, these are good. I honestly, like, I really want to do the Amityville one, but at the same time, I have been so... I've had terror stricken into me so many times by the idea of the if I could be her for just one day category. Mm. Because that's come up several times in the past and I've never chosen it just because I... So, I, you know what? I think I, I'm being urged... I feel my inner child urging me to confront my fears today. I'm going to face <gasps> my fears. I'm going to put my wow. back to the hole. <clears throat> Turn your back to the hole, Anthony. Be brave. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes, please. Uh, if I could be her for just one day. All right. How exciting. Look at you. This is very bold. I'm very proud of you already. Oh, I'm so scared. You'll get these. You'll get these. Okay. Number uno. It's Spanish. The craft. <laughs> it's a different goblin. <laughs> it's a different goblin. We have a whole array of goblins. Multilingual goblins. <laughs> yeah. Okay, number one, The Craft and A Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Wait, my brain isn't working. Wait, I want the wig. Um, okay, wait, The Craft and A Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Wait, A Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Uh, oh, uh, Nancy! Yes, ding, ding, ding! Oh! Oh! Ooh. <sighs> number two, Sleepaway Camp 2. And Night of the Demons. Angela! Yes, ding, ding, ding! Oh, oh. Well, well, Oh! Number three. Blood Rage and Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood. <gasps> My queen! Both queens! Maddie! Yes, ding, ding, ding! Oh, oh two amazing women! <gasps> Number four. Oh, my God. Halloween, and Friday the 13th. 
Oh, oh, um, wait. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, 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 wait. No, Tommy? No, Tommy. No, no, wait. Okay. No, wait, no, no. Lori, Annie. It's Annie. 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 Annie is the first, uh, well, uh, technically, she's the first uh, counselor of the modern era to get killed in Friday the 13th. She's the one who right. goes into town and is like, hey, I gotta go to that place. And then she right. gets the ride. Yeah, that's Annie. Right. Oh, fuck, I'm dead. I'm Well, shit. we're both dead. So at least we're dead together. Hey. Hey! There's something nice about that, right? Yeah! Sure! Like Thumb and Louise. My brain, yeah, both huff and paint. My brain. And Alice. It was trying to make Alice happen. Yeah. And I said, Alice isn't. Well, wait, now I can't remember. Lori, Annie, and Craig. <laughs> Linda. The... Linda! With a Y. Mm hmm. Totally. But I said Tommy. You said Tommy. Tommy is not in either of those movies. Tommy is in Halloween. Tommy is in Halloween. Tommy. Doyle mm -hmm. is in Friday the 13th. No. Tommy Doyle is Halloween. Tommy Doyle is Anthony Michael Hall? Tommy Wallace. No. Tommy? Tommy Wallace <laughs> is the real person that Tommy Doyle is based on. In Halloween? Halloween, yeah. And in... Oh, and it's Tom. Wait, who is it in Friday the 13th? Part two, three, four. Tommy Jarvis? Jarvis! <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's just, I, it's like. It's the brain. The brain. It broke. Well, there are so many characters. I don't want to blow anybody's mind, but there's a lot of characters in those I movies. Have said Annie. Should've, well. That's the right answer, so yeah, you should have. Sorry. We're dead together. I'm very happy for this. Exactly. <laughs> that was a good category. Well done. It's uh, I'm glad you picked it. You did well until you died. <laughs> I did well until I did not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how it hey, goes. Hey, we both got to wear Jan de Bont's scalp. It's been a dream of mine since I was a child. So I'm glad that I finally had a chance to make it happen. <laughs> Baby Stacy would just stare at that hair. Mm-hmm. Wow. Bad news. We're not going to be here next week. Oh, no. Because we're dead? Because we're dead, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, no, we are not going to... No show next week, so you'll have to make do with a rerun or uh, indulging one of your other passions. Yeah, you could knit. Knit, you could solve some Rubik's cubes. Uh huh. You could make um, you could do uh, where you get the the construction paper and you put the glue on it, and then you put the macaroni and you make the macaroni picture. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well. <laughs> Um, you can find all the old episodes to rerun at our website, gaylordsofdarkness.com, or of course, however you're listening to this. I'm sure, I'm sure I don't need to tell you. 
but I'm going to anyway. Our website also has links to all of our social medias and all of that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, everybody enjoy the week off. Go sun your buns or whatever. I don't know. Ew. Ew. Okay. Well, we'll be back. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back uh, the following week. Yeah, just in time. Just in time for everybody's favorite month, Pride Month. Pride Month, baby. Get your your whole globe ready to go. <laughs> Wave your flag. Yay! Uh, Stacy will be busy waving a cube. That's right. <laughs> Pride colors. Uh... Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my god! god. Oh Oh my my god! Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness! Ha, ha, ha.